Thanks for tuning in to the 168 Podcast, a podcast from Mitchell Knight and Jordan Bird of the Clarence Church of Christ, aimed at helping you connect Sunday worship with everyday life. What's up, 168ers? Welcome back to another edition of the podcast. Today, Jordan and I are going to be talking about prayer, kind of similar to the way we did last time about grace, um, talking about just things that we've talked about as Christians our whole lives, but maybe um, haven't necessarily gone deeper on or had um, more analytical discussions. And uh, the hope is that it'll be formational for you, maybe to get something out of it, maybe consider something about prayer that you haven't thought of before. And uh, yeah, I think that's a, a good summation of what we're doing. Yeah, we're not necessarily going to go like look at all of the verses about prayer, but more just how we've come to understand what it is by the teaching we've received and then like how have we implemented that and what have been some helpful ways we've implemented prayer in our own life. I think that's yeah, good encapsulation of it. <clears throat> so maybe to start, what is it? <laughs> what is prayer? Like how about we start there with what are we even talking about? Like how have you come to understand what prayer is? Yeah, so I, I've always understood uh, based on the scriptures and then based on other Christians pouring into my life that prayer is just simply a conversation with God. It's our talk as humans with the divine, with the Father, with the Son, with the Holy Spirit. Um, I think there's a lot of different elements that go into prayer. I know on the second episode of this podcast, I talked a little bit about the quote-unquote Acts method. Um, so I've always understood Prayer is a way to praise God through conversation, to thank Him, um, to confess my bad stuff to Him, and then to also ask Him for His intervention or ask Him for some way to form me into a more Christ-like person. Um, so I guess I understand prayer as conversational and formational. What about you, Jay Money? Yeah, I mean, overall, it's it's the communication that we have with God. I've always thought it's just odd in general that we have a term for communicating with God. Like if we have a conversation, there's not like a term we have for it's conversation, right? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. So I've always thought it's odd that like we have this term that we use to talk about. And then like we in turn, like we'll use it to God as well. Like God, I'm praying to you. It's like me saying, like, I'm having a conversation with you right now. Yeah. I always think that's kind of odd, but I, that's, I get that's a fair point. And, but part of that also goes to God is God and we are not. So <clears throat> as much it is, as it is communication, the term itself and the way in which we communicate with God, I think, does communicate something about the relationship, right? That this isn't just any person we're communicating with or having a relationship with. It's someone who is over and beyond who we are and it's someone who we are dependent on everything from i mean it just puts god in a whole different category from us but yet there's this channel there's this avenue through which we do have access to this being that is so much beyond who we are so there's some like mind-blowing there mind-blowingness going on there but yet some like relatableness there at the same time it's you know transcendent and imminent at the same time if you want to look at it that way so some of those thoughts are just kind of coming to me thinking about this out loud, but um, yeah, I mean, it is communication with God, but it's communication with someone who is very different than, than who we are, but yet relatable to us at the same time. 
I mean, maybe one way of thinking of it is how friends would talk to each other is different than how you would go talk to the leader of a country, right? Like you're not just going to go up and be sort of like, Oh, how do you do? And, you know, just informal, but because there's a trust relationship built up with God and there is a relationship built up with, built up with God. Like there are people who talk to world leaders that way. Right. And it's because the relationship's different and the relationship with us is different with God too. It's not just God is God and we are not like, it's he is our father, which that's what casts that relationship in a different light than he's just like a master or a, a task person or a, uh, an authority over us. He is those things, but he's those in a father figure. So, I mean, maybe think about how we relate to our parents, right? Like we can have everyday conversation with them, but there is a level of like respect and and placement of of who the authority is and who we are in relation to it and that kind of dynamic for sure. Yeah. Um, no, no, yeah. You want to add anything more to that? I think what's interesting, just hearing you talk about it now, it just kind of reminds me how prayer is something that encapsulates all of who God is, you know, the triune God. We, we typically go through this process of praying to the father, but in the name of the son. And then, you know, we have the indwelling of his spirit who the scriptures say will intercede on our behalf with groans too soft for words, you know, he's there to fill in or round out what we are missing. He's there to give us words. He's there to um, just empower us in that way. And then I also think that, you know, prayer also kind of embodies that relationship aspect you're talking about where um, the scriptures also talk about that, you know, pray without ceasing, pray continually. Um, Prayer is like an ongoing lifestyle or communication with God that might um, really not be possible with anybody else because of who God is. And I think that's another reason why, um, you know, we have that special term to kind of indicate how holy he is, how separate he is from our reality. When you were talking about um, just the ongoing nature of prayer, one thing that popped in my mind is as much as we you know, a lot of people will bash technology for what it is. Like one comparable metaphor to what prayer probably is, is how we, how a text message thread works in our life now. Like we, we don't treat it like a letter, right? Where it's like, dear so-and-so every time we start a text message. I mean, unless it's like you've never texted the person or messaged the person for a long time and like you're reestablishing relationship. But for people you have a relationship with, like you just add the next thing in the conversation and then that, then their response goes, I mean, it's just a long thread that just keeps going and going and going and going. And it covers days and months and years a lot of times. And like, I think that is probably a, a good metaphor for like how prayer functions in, in the life of a believer or any person really, because it's this ongoing relationship with God, ongoing communication where you're picking up from where you left off. Um, and there are like specific things that come up in like conversation, but I think that's a helpful like visual, I think, to think of like how prayer is. It's not a one time just send it off and then you just sort of wait for the reply. And it's just this very formal process. Like there are some formal things to it, but it is very much. And I just never thought about that way until you were talking about that. I was like, oh, like a text thread is really almost like what prayer is like. Um, how about like, let's talk about like what prayer isn't or like what it's not. I mean, yeah. I think this is a helpful way to also think about what it is by thinking about what it's not. Um, I know you brought up earlier when we were just kind of generally talking about how 
it's not God is a genie and, and it, there are a bunch of wishes. You, you want to kind of unpack that some more? Yeah, well, I think just kind of how we, as Americans, will live in a, a state of consumerism or materialism. And not that we intentionally go about things that way, but we live in such a way that, you know, we expect to put something in, we expect to get something out. So I think we have a tendency... Um, at least I've noticed a tendency for people to say, hey, you know, I'm praying, asking for this and I haven't got gotten it or like your example before we recorded, like, hey, I got a parking space, you know, I got the last parking space. So thank you, God, for that. It isn't just about provision and asking for things and stuff like that. Um, it can be that usually it's deeper than um, just what you want. And, and I think kind of looking at the fact that you know, God is our father, like you're mentioning. I mean, a father doesn't give everything that his child wants to them because sometimes what we want is not best for us. Um, there's more than just receiving something that we ask for. We, you know, we get to participate in God's divine nature. We get to learn more about who he is through our practice of it. But we also get to be formed by it in a way that helps us to be more self-disciplined and uh, more relatable to the name of Christ and our example of him. So, yeah, God is not just a genie on a bottle that we can just summon on our command and just expect to receive what we wish of him. Um, but he is someone who goes beyond that and is much better um, as someone who hears our concerns, deeply relates to us through the incarnation of his son, and uh you know, deeply loves us and wants to actually hear us, converse with us, rather than just send us away with, you know, the product we got in line to buy, kind of. Yeah, I would follow that up with you were t when you were talking. It made me think of how we can easily, in our very consumeristic culture, turn a relationship with God into just about him doing something for us. And God didn't just ends up being sort of like the vending machine kind of person, you know, being, if you will, like, well, I, there's so many levels to this because on one hand there, there's, if you don't, if you don't, if you want to believe that God isn't even existing, like you're not even going to like entertain this and you're just going to do everything on your own. But if you have at least some sort of like, you know, you're lacking in an area. So like, this could be like, well, I've tried everything else. The last ditch effort is to reach out to God, right? I mean, this is like the almost cliche movie thing of they've exhausted everything. And so then they cry out to God. And so God's like the last ditch effort. Like he's the, the last person who can possibly do something. Or then you have a maybe more deeper level than that, where at least someone is aware that God's there. But again, like the relationship with him is just about asking and receiving things. Like it's very much just sort of like, I need this. So give it to me that, that dynamic. But if that's all our vision of who God is, then that's what's going to paint how we pray to him, right? If he's just the person we need to get stuff from, then it's always going to be about the things we get rather than who he is. And so we're missing the beauty of the whole dynamic there, right? We're missing the beauty of who God is for the shallower thing that we're looking for. Like, that's where we put the emphasis on. And as much as... Yeah, God is the provider of all things, and he does provide us with things, and and there's a place for us to ask him for those things. That's not to say that's not there, but the broader dynamic still is God being present with us. And 
one of the recent um, youth group a few weeks ago, we were talking with kids about like, what are some needs of your generation that are, that you see popping up. And one thing that, that stood out to me was how they feel like they're left out of a lot of things. And so there's this idea that like people aren't present with them. And so then in turn, that also probably shapes how they are with other people as well. But if that's their perception of life and if you, if, they or anyone else lets that perception paint then who God is. It's, it's a very like, well, God's distant. And it's just about me asking for things. But the beauty of who God is, is that he is always present. He wants to be with us. And so a lot of what prayer is, is not as much about, I mean, we get caught up in the like, what do I say? What do I like? I'm not sure what to say. And there, I get that that's a thing. Like we struggle to know what to say to God and we know we struggle to know how to articulate our needs and our wants and all those different things. I get that. But we can also miss that prayer is just being in the presence of God and being aware that his presence is with us. And that doesn't have to be this like hour long experience or anything like that. It could just be a blip throughout the day of you're frantic about something, you're anxious about something and then you stop and pause and you turn it over to God or you you're, you know, like, Oh yeah, God is with me in this. Like I'm not alone. Like that brief moment, that exchange with him, that interaction with him, I think it's just as prayerful because it is an acknowledgement. It's a, it's a thankfulness of he's present with us. I mean, it's, it's all those acts dynamics, like the acronym you were talking about are kind of all wrapped up into one. Um, it's a asking like I need you in my life. I mean, there is a there is a need for that. Like we are nothing without God in our life. But anyway, j- just our conversation is making me think about how often we can focus on the things, which often which really just comes down to the tangible earthly things are our focus rather than who God is. And it's not that the things don't matter. Like God knows we need those things. Scripture even talks about like God knowing like what birds and flowers and all these you know. Things shallower than us or are less meaningful than us, if you will, they that they need those things. So he knows that, and um, but yeah, it's the being with him or recognizing that he is with us. I think there's a far deeper, more beautiful dynamic of not just prayer, but the relationship with God that we have access to that we can miss when we're just focused on the things. Do you have anything else you want to add in terms of like what prayer isn't? No, I think I think I've exhausted my mental faculties on that one. I think in some ways one other thing that popped in my head is we think of prayer as like this like secret code to talk to God. <laughs> like you got to yeah. use the right terms and the right language and all that and like any con- like any relationship, right? Like the the more shallow your language is, the less deep the relationship's going to be in that conversation, right? But the more in-depth wording you use or content that you talk about, the more impactful that conversation is going to be. I mean, this would never be a conversation, but if like is every oh, the only thing you say, like, 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 and it's just like, like I just said, but you're just never getting to like an actual point. Like no one's going to want to have a conversation with you about that because it's so... It's lacking any depth or meaning. Yeah. And so it's not that words don't matter, but it's not like God's looking for like, well, you use that word or this word or whatever to to have conversation with him. Like it can be everyday life conversa- like conversation. It doesn't have to be super religiously sounding is what I'm getting at. But 
just like in, in your human interactions, the depth of conversation you have is going to impact the time that you're spending with that person. Right. No different than with God, right? So if you're never actually communicating with him about specific things in your life, like that's going to limit the kind of interaction that you have with him. So the wording matters, but I think differently than how we've typically thought about it from like a sort of give and take relationship with God, like, well, use that word. So then I can give you this thing or, you know, it's like a passcode or something like that. Yeah. Like there's like templated stuff is, is helpful for sure. Don't get me wrong. But at the same time, God isn't sitting in heaven with a scorecard saying, you know, Oh, well you said Lord 20 times. Like that got, (laughs) that got a little repetitive there. It's like, I mean, there's a reason people pray things like the Psalms, which are really in-depth, like poetry and actual music and actual songs, um, but they don't necessarily follow like the Acts template that I mentioned. They incorporate, I think it's fair to say, some elements of all those things, but you know, a lot of it is very poetic. I mean, they repeat a lot of the same things over and over again, but in different ways. Um, you know, that's some ancient Near Eastern poetry stuff um, with like the parallel lines and stuff. But a lot of times they end up just kind of repeating the same things. But I mean, that's that's in the canon of our scripture. I mean, that's apparently something that God finds very pleasing. Um, you know, if, if it's praise and if it's worship, I mean, I, I like, I mean, if you say I love you, God, 20 times, it's not like he's going to be mad that you said it 20 times because it got repetitive. He's like, yeah, you know, I love you too, son. I mean, Peter denied him three times and he was restored three times by Christ. So there's there's a bit of a match there. Yeah. All right, why don't we switch to, like, looking at how we have come to pray. Like, what are some influences that have helped paint the way in which you interact with God, how you talk with him, communicate with him? just kind of anything in that vein. Is there anything that comes to mind for you of who has influenced that or kind of got you started down that path of having to be a habit in your life? Yeah, I would uh, just kind of give the general answer of um, every disciple that I've gotten to know and learning from them and hearing how they've prayed has definitely been formational. Um, Reading the scriptures and seeing examples of how people have prayed have been formational, but yeah, for me in my own life, I tend to really focus on, you know, focusing rather on like, rather than the wants, more on like the need, like I need your presence. I know it's here. So the formational stuff for me, please make me more like your son, Jesus, or like this person, or, you know, this person that you empower to do this great thing that's in the scriptures. Um, and then at the same time, praying for other people kind of in that same way, um, even if it is like more geared toward provision. It's like, I'm not asking for stuff for myself, but it'd be really cool. Like I, I see this need in someone else's life. I don't know if it's true, but maybe if you could, you know, kind of insert yourself there because I know you can do this for me. Uh, like interceding for other people, I think has been really good for me. Um, and then just with like one practice, uh, I'm in recently on top of that, just kind of becoming a little more regimented or, disciplined or at least trying to get back to um, a level of discipline I had in my prayer life before I um, I used an app I've been using an app you recommended to me called common prayer which is kind of liturgical in a sense where um, you know that 
like you're given a bunch of things to pray about. It's all kind of rooted in the scripture. You know, a bunch of other people are praying it too, but that's kind of good just in the sense, in the inspirational sense where it's like, Hey, you know, they want me to pray this. Then it's like, you know, I can go through that and then I can add my own stuff on top of it and kind of, you know, give my own personal touch on it. It's like, Hey, I didn't consider that, you know, maybe I should pray for the government or something like that, or I should pray for this, um, office or something like that. Yeah. I mean, so that's, so yeah, I, I just try and get in touch with, I, I was inspired to look at it like as the conversation, not focused around wants, but more so needs. And then, you know, focusing on interceding for other people, I guess. Yeah. For me, I mean, I, my earliest memory of prayer, I think goes back to my parents. I mean, this just goes to show how important the parent child relationship is in the, and a person coming to live within the way of Christ. I mean, at least within my own life, I see that. I mean, it's even just from the simple thing of like my dad coming in to pray with us before bed and just the, as much as I could almost repeat the stuff he would say, but it was like, it made it known that like, this is something that's important to do every night. So it happened every night. So we did it, but it's like the amount of people that got incorporated into that, like, you know, the amount of family members or people in our you know family's life, whatever it may be, like all those things, I was shaped and formed to realize they get funneled, you know, they need funneled to God and like his presence in their life needs to be there as well. And so that that's like one of the, probably the earliest versions of like realizing how important it is. And, and like, that was a model for me to at least have starting ministers and churches, you know, that we were a part of was definitely a part of that. And not in any sort of like unique specific way, but just the, over the course of my time experiencing their presence on a Sunday morning or throughout the rest of the week. And whenever they would pray, you know, slowly those dynamics would seep into the way I pray because that was the example I had before me. It's the same with other adults in church. Whenever they would pray, those same dynamics would take place. The other place I would look at is not any specific like book or anything like that. Although the one um, author that's been most helpful for me in terms of thinking about um, expressing gratitude to God has been Norman Wurzba, who I've mentioned before, I think, on on the podcast. Um, he does a lot of um, just talking about where Sabbath and rest and all that happens in Scripture and, like, what it means in everyday life. But he ties a lot of that back to, like, how resting in God has a lot to do with, like, being grateful to God and just realizing that life itself is a gift. And so it's realizing how grateful we are that we even have, you know, that we even exist, that we get to enjoy the things we get to enjoy. But he's been very um, informative for me in terms of incorporating that dynamic into my prayer life. Um, Some people who've heard me pray for like meals and stuff, like he's the one I grabbed the thank you for the taste, color, smells, and all the things we get to enjoy while eating this food. Like he's the one who made it stand out to me of like, oh yeah, there's like all these things that are happening in this moment that we just like look right over and I mean but if I was colorblind like I wouldn't notice those things or if like my taste didn't work the way it normally does I wouldn't notice those like I would miss those things but yet you know I can easily take for granted but like there's a gratefulness like I get to enjoy this vast array of things every time I partake in a meal with other people and so he's been helpful with that but I would say just in general like any book or like biblical study or article or something that talks about prayer 
anytime there's sort of like an aha moment for me of like, oh yeah, like I've never done that before. Like that's interesting or that's inspiring or whatever that, you know, they may be. One of our struggles I think is like, we see someone else pray and we're like, I could never pray like that. Or I can never, that could never be how I become someone who prays in that way. Like I just wouldn't think of that stuff in the moment or whatever it may be. And yeah, if you're trying to implement like all of what they do into your life right away, that's probably not going to be the case. Just like it would be for anything else. Like if someone else has a skill, like they're good at cooking, but you never cook, like you're just not going to start cooking like they do. Like, no, you'd slowly start implementing the thing. So my encouragement would be from just a practical end is anytime you notice something that's like new or inspiring about how someone else prays and obviously like it syncing with what scripture says in the life of Christ start adding that element in like, you know, let it season your prayer, if you will. Like it's just another spice to sort of put on and it, it'll give some more aroma to what you're, you're talking about. And that's, you know, like the, the taste, color, smell, and, uh, you know, often gratitude for that. That's something I just started adding in to where like now it's something I'll more thoughtfully and think about when I pray in like a public setting or whatnot for a meal but it's become like how I pray. It's not something I have to just like, Oh no, what am I supposed to say right now? Like it's just become part of what I pray. Um, and like, there's a bunch of things like that that have just become part of it because you just slowly add them in. So don't feel like you have to add everything in notice something and start adding that in. And as you do that, that's going to become like second nature to you and praying. You're not even going to like have to think about, do I need to do that? It's just going to be a part of, I mean, this is how exercising works, right? Like the more you do it, it just becomes a part of who you are and what you do. It's, it's how any habit, you know, is shaped and formed. And so I would, that would be my encouragement is like, if you want to start adding stuff in to make your prayer life, not just like how you've normally done it, just slowly start adding things in. Same thing with like looking at examples from history, like borrow stuff from the scriptures, borrow stuff from the prayers of those of the past. It doesn't mean you just have to be like a robot and repeat them, but use them as a template or a framework. Um, like you were talking about like, Oh, I need to pray for the government. Yeah. Cause that's in scripture. But like what I <clears throat> maybe easily think about praying for that. It's easy for us to sit and critique about it, but it's a lot harder for us to want to actually pray about it. Um, and so if it's not something we're reminded that we need to do then we're probably not as likely to do it again unless that becomes part of your just habit of how you pray then the more you do it the more it's just gonna be like you just do it instinctually because it becomes second nature um why don't we switch a little bit to unless you had something else to add no to <clears throat> like what are some things that have been helpful in terms of like helping you pray i mean we've touched on some of this stuff already but are there some other resources or templates or whatever you want to, you know, have you want to say that that have been helpful in terms of developing your prayer life? Um, I hate to give a short answer, but I would say beyond the ones that I mentioned, probably not. I would just kind of echo your point about, you know, like a good example, like, you know, you mentioned like the Lord's prayer. Um, you'll hear people, you know, more in like the Roman Catholic tradition, repeat that verbatim. And I think there's health in that kind of practice. But at the same time, it's also a very, you know, what that prayer reveals about how we should pray or the things we should pray for, you know, it can be a useful template. So like borrowing from the scriptures, like you said, um, is definitely very helpful for me. Um, and uh, yeah, I would just say that the common prayer, there are all kinds of different 
uh, resources out there that I'm sure I haven't discovered yet. Um, but I mean, even your own community of people, I mean, that's another one. Uh, like you said, if you're inspired by somebody, you know, you can borrow from that, I guess. Yeah. The Lord's, <clears throat> sorry, my throat's really dry right now, but the Lord's prayer is definitely one thing I've, I guess of more recent that has become a template that I've used day in and day out and not just the like repeating it, but almost for, in my mind, it's like I'm taking scripture, but then like ad libbing my life details into that, into those verses. So I do go through the Lord's prayer, but with like the Lord's prayer, I'll basically take, you know, so our father in heaven, you know, holy is your name. Like, so already thinking about like, he's different than us, but like, he's our father. We're going to him. There's that dynamic there. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Like already thinking about like, what does that look like for God's kingdom to be present here on earth? And like, if we know of all the bad things, like what would it look like when that actually happens? And like, that's the hope I have to look forward to. It's the thing I have to anticipate. And like, it's promised to happen. Like it's not a not going to happen thing. It's something I can look forward to. It's there to sort of cling to. And then it's like, you know, give us to stay our daily bread. Like for most of us, like that's not something we really think about, like where our food's going to come from. But so I expand that to like, you know, thank you for, for, for providing everything that you've given to us. And like, but also continue to provide, provide that. So it's a little bit expanded in that sense. Like that's one way in which I pray for it. And then, you know, just thinking, praying about like, Father, you know, forgive me for I've wronged people, but help me to also forgive other people who've wronged me and impacted my life as well. And then like one other thing I add into there, I'm trying to think, I got to go through the whole thing. Uh, okay. One other thing like I, I add in there is just like, um, this is just stuff you see throughout scripture, but um, you know, lead us to your goodness, truth, beauty, will, and wisdom. Like those are all things that we want God to provide in our life. It's all things he wants us to have in our life. So it's like, help us to, you know, experience and come into and like be shaped into those things. Um, Cause those are the things he wants to have for us. But those are like general things that impact a whole bunch of other things as well. And then like one other thing I, I will do is like, you know, so just like, you know, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil is I'll pray for, um, deliver us, you know, deliver me, my family, the church, mission partners, uh, neighborhood, town, county, state, nation, world from the schemes of the evil one. That's usually what I pray about. But that's the idea that's there within the prayer, but it's expanded to all these things that are very specific to my life. And so, but even within a lot of these things, once I start praying about those, it's like, oh yeah, this other thing pops in my mind that like relates to that. And so then it like, you know, it can very much domino to where you, you weren't thinking about it going into it, but God brings it into your mind or, you know, it comes into your mind by all the other things that God is involved with. And I bring those to him at that time. And so it it can expand easily, but it's because you're engaged in it. And it's not just like a rote thing you're going through. Um, But anyway, that's, that's one way I do it. I didn't go through the whole thing there, but that's, that's one way in which I try to like tailor my, the specifics of my life to that prayer that Jesus gives us as a template. Like I do think it, there's content within the prayer, but it's also meant to be used as something to like 
pray about specific things in your own life as well. We've already talked about like using verses as like a template for prayer. Like I know Mike not too long ago, I think within the last year talked about how like one of the prayers that like seldom maybe doesn't get as much press, if you will, of being a prayer that like we're called to pray for is where Jesus talks about praying for uh, workers for the harvest. And like, he pretty bluntly <laughs> tells his followers to do that. And it's like, how often do we incorporate that into, into our life? And so that's like one thing that's challenged me. And that's just a straight from scripture kind of dynamic, um, similar to like, you know, praying for the government and that kind of stuff. Um, one thing that I've done in my life is like, if I know there's an area where like I struggle or like, I really need God to shape and form me, or like, I'm just unsure. Um, there's one, I kind of took like a principle, if you will, or a biblical or theological idea from scripture and sort of made it like a, I hate to say like pithy statement, but like a, a, a more easily statable phrase that I can like kind of lift before God, if you will. And like the one that I've done in the past is I got to find it here so I can tell you specifically what I say, but, um, it's, it's basically in line with Philippians 1, verses 9 through 11, but it's basically, Father, take out of me what is not of you and put in me what is of you. So it's just a recognition of, like, I'm still a messed up person. There's stuff in me that needs to get rooted out. You know, take that out of me. You know what it is far better than I do. Like, work on me where I'm not really even willing to work on myself is kind of like what, it, what it's saying. But then also put in me what I need. There's stuff I know I need, but there's stuff you know I need more than I know that what I need. And like all that's encapsulated in that like short phrase but it gives language to asking god for that that's just one example for for me of how i've tried to apply that um you already talked about kind of the axe thing um yeah i would say i i also like you know i think it's good to take things from the scriptures that aren't necessarily specifically a prayer template and use them as a template for prayer like I mean, the fruits of the Spirit are like an obvious one, right? Like the end of Galatians 5, pray formationally for, you know, well, what is what is scriptural love? You know, make me more like that. Kind of go through all of them. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. I think I listed a couple twice. Love, joy, or <laughs> love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Okay. Um, and pray for each one of those. There's an example of that all throughout scripture, so you can borrow from that. Um, you know, uh, the, the two epistles of Peter have a lot of that kind of stuff in, in them about, you know, we should be like this. I mean, all the epistles basically said like, this is who you should be. And it's like, even, um, I think James says, if you don't have wisdom, ask for it. Like, I mean, there's all kinds, kinds of stuff like that that can be beneficial for being shaped in our life to be more like Christ. Yeah. Oh, what was I going to say? There was one other thing. Oh, so yeah, I, I think the last thing I would say just as an encouragement from a practical level is pray in a season, if you will. Like it could be a year, it could be a few months, it could be however amount of time. Like if there's something that's like deep on your mind, like, lean into that in terms of praying for that season or in that way for that. And if there's a specific way that's like really helping you connect with God right now, lean into that. But it doesn't mean you have to do that forever. It also, you can switch it up, you know, and so it might be like a year from now or half a year from now, 
you lean into a different way and that's how you are connecting better to God in that moment. And what you'll probably find out is those will all start intersecting in different ways at different points where you'll start utilizing those different things in different ways, not just for like this season or that season. So that'd be my other encouragement is don't get stuck in a rut of like, you just have to do the same thing all the time. Like that gives some direction and framework for how to have something to meaningfully talk to God about. Like it can be helpful in that way, but it does don't let it become just the rote thing at, at the same time. I mean, another thing I've done is like literally wrote out like a prayer of like exhaustively of all the things I would typically want to lift before God and then I use that as a template to then pray for those things day in and day out. And then you change it as need be because God's going to do stuff with all that if we truly believe that he interacts and works in our world. So the stuff is going to change along the way. But again, that gives it's meaningful from your end because you've taken the time to like express it and lift it before God. But it also allows you to daily bring it before God. Um Another couple of things popped in my head that we haven't talked about either is I, I think Mike has mentioned this before, but just the one way of like pray without ceasing is like, you know, anytime you hear like a ambulance siren or something like that, that anything that alerts you or like a news story, whatever that alerts you to an issue that needs prayer, like pray then and there. Don't just like, oh, I'll pray about that later or like use that as the moment. And it doesn't have to be this like long drawn out moment. Just God provide for them, like have mercy on them and, you know, help those who are impacted by the situation. And that could be it. Like it doesn't have to be super whatever. I mean, pray about as much as you want, but like use the moment to shape and form your interaction with God in that, that time and place. Another thing that I've tried to make a habit in my life and I don't do it perfectly by any means, but most of you have probably had the situation of, probably on social media or something like that or through texting or whatever, or even just in person. If someone says, lays out an issue before you like and say, Hey, could you pray for me? And we're like, yeah, I'll pray for you. And that's all we leave it at. Like not to say that you're not going to do that. I'm not trying to say people don't do that. But one thing I've tried to make more of a habit, at least through like social media or texting or something like that, where I'm not physically present with the person is, in my response, instead of just saying like praying for you or sending like a prayer hands emoji kind of a thing, like write out a sentence or two of like a specific wording of prayer for that person praying in the moment, if you actually will. I mean, that's what I'm trying to do. Like, but asking like specific things for their situation. Like, I think that's, it's impactful for us in the formational point because it's reconnecting us with who God is, what he wants for our life and what he wants for another person's life. It's getting me out of myself and into someone else's situation to where I have to give up my, that moment, if you will, to like more specifically engage in that person's life. And it's probably meaningful for them because it's not just a generalized, like, why well, are they going to pray or not going to pray kind of thing? Like, no, they, they literally spent time to lift up specific things to God in that moment. I'm not saying it's the end all be all, but it's just a habit I've tried to make more a part of my life, especially in our more technologically connected life of, of letting prayer be more specific and not just sort of, Oh yeah, I'm praying for you. Cause I think it shapes and forms all of us in, in a lot of different ways and helps not God. It helps for God to not just be sort of like out there somewhere, but actually present in our actual situations. I mean, the same thing could apply and I'm not as good with this of like, having a conversation and something comes up of like, well, why don't we pray about it right now? Like I'm not as good at doing that as I probably could be. Um, but those are some other ways I would encourage, uh, all of you to, to make a part of your habit as well. Again, like 
just start sprinkling it in. It doesn't have to be a, you change everything overnight, but just start adding it in as you think about it. Like, Oh yeah, I could, you know, add this in right here and, you know, see how God uses it to strengthen your relationship with him. Anything else you want to add in here? Well, kind of went all over the board, I know, but I think it's all, it's all good. Been some good stuff. So thank you everybody for joining us for this episode of the podcast and we'll catch you next time. Bye everybody.